Hello and what's this week's Sport Zone on Salford City Radio? I'm Rob Paxson and we're here talking all things sports in Salford. Join the show this week. As ever, we've got Paul Whiteside from The Devil in the Detail. Paul, looking forward to talking all things sport in Salford and beyond. Yeah, certainly I'm Rob. Certainly I'm just, there's a lot that's gone on over the weekend, hasn't it? It's been an action-packed weekend with a, two um, two football teams at Wembley and, and Salford getting a good win, loads of boxing going on. So, yeah, it's been action-packed and I'm looking forward to the show, mate. Yeah, so what we'll do, we'll start with a football and we'll talk FA Cup. Both Manchester clubs are through to the FA Cup final after two semi-final victories. We'll start with Manchester City. They were victorious against Sheffield United. They won 3-0 on Saturday. Pep Guardiola's men marched onto the final without any problems. Yeah, I think sort of in the first 20-25 minutes, you know, they, they were, well, I wouldn't say they were behind the eight ball. Sheffield United gave them a good game, didn't they? Then the penalty sort of changed everything, changed the momentum of the game, didn't it? And after that, I think City won a canter, really, didn't he? Did a professional job against a, you know, a pretty uh, valiant Sheffield United team, really. It was a regulation win for Manchester City, there's no doubt about that, really. Mm. And obviously, Pep Guardiola's men, um, hat-trick by Mares. Uh, missed the difference on the, on the day. He was unplayable uh, at times on on that Wembley turf, showing the class uh, that many thought he'd bring to the club after his transfer from Leicester. Yeah, certainly, certainly, he's been a fantastic signing, hasn't he? And you know, three goals in a, in a semi final is, is you know is a fantastic performance, and you know we'll be looking forward to carrying that on. Now they've got some massive games coming up, but they're coming thick and fast. And you know he's a good asset to the team, isn't? It? I mean, you would have thought you'd have, you'd have put your mortgage on Erling Haaland scoring a goal in that 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 semi final in that semi final, but obviously he didn't. But uh, but you know, Mara's waiting with uh, with three goals. Mm. City still on for a treble. Uh, Paul, obviously, will be a European Cup, Premier League, and FA Cup treble. Um, what do you think the chances are? I think they've got a great chance. I think they've got a great chance in the Premier League. I mean, Arsenal have really sort of gone off the boil, haven't they? I think they've drawn three games on the spin now, haven't they? And you know, they play Manchester City in the week, and all the momentum is with with, with City at the moment, isn't it? And you know, a few people have said to me, "Oh, Arsenal's blown it. They they bottled it already." But that's a massive game coming up this week. Yeah. Between the two teams, um, I think you know the FA Cup. Yeah, it's, it, it, oh, I think City will be favourites, and then obviously you've got Europe as well, which is, is a tough competition. But yeah, they've got a, man, a fantastic chance. Yep. Talk about Manchester United now. They had to go to penalties um, to beat Brighton. They won seven six on penalties. It finished nil nil after extra time. Uh, Paul, obviously tough contest. No real chances uh, for either side through the hundred and twenty minutes that was played, um, but. Ten Hag's men managed to get the penalty scored and uh, will be fan- facing Manchester City in the FA Cup final on the 3rd of June. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a massive game, isn't it? And, uh, you know, the first time they've ever played Manchester City, Manchester United in, a, in an FA Cup final, it's going to make history, isn't it? And the whole of the football in uh, sort of part of the North West will be down there watching that Wembley, won't they? It promises to be a fantastic game. And it's a big occasion, isn't it, for the North West? And, um, should be a mouth-watering game as well, Robin. I'm not so sure which way that one's going to go, really. I mean, it's all in the days in an FA Cup final. But I think, you know, watching that penalty shoot, you saw, even though I'm, I'm not really a follower of Manchester United, you were, you were wanting him to win that game, really, because, you know, no all credit to Brighton. I mean, that would have been a good game against City in the final. But I think, you know, as a neutral, you, you probably want to see um, a City and United uh, final. I suppose City and United supporters probably didn't want 
at all Manchester final. It's going to be nerve wracking for them. But I think neutrals that's a, that's a, a dream come true that final. Yeah, David De Gea in goal for Manchester United didn't manage to save any of the other penalties, but in the game he was tremendous. Five or six world class saves to keep them in the competition. Um, you know, people talk about how he, difficult it is for him to play out from the back, but he's certainly the best, one of the best uh, shot stoppers in the world. Yeah, that's what it's all about. You know, some some goalkeepers are like midfielders now, aren't they, with the distribution they've got? But at the end of the day, I think you can't beat a good shot stopper, can you? And that's what it's all about, keeping the ball out of their net. You know, the distribution comes second, doesn't it? And David De Gea is a fantastic shot stopper. You know, some of the stuff from point blank range and he comes up with fantastic saves, doesn't he? And, you know, he's played a massive part in, in, in getting Manchester United to that final. Yeah, and obviously... You know, unfortunately, midweek they were lost to Seville uh, 3-0 away from home. Um, mistakes by De Gea uh, and Harry Maguire. You know, questions were, were asked of both. Uh, Maguire didn't play today, uh, but De Gea certainly asked, answered his critics. Yeah, there was one or two, wasn't there, mistakes in, in, in midweek. You know, they were beaten by, by a good Seville side. Well, there's a tremendous atmosphere at that game, wasn't there? And it was about putting things, you know, those wrong things right today, wasn't it? And getting through that game. And yeah, all right, the 90 minutes wasn't, you know, perfect, but they did enough, didn't they? And as you say, David Hayward was tremendous there. And, you know, he didn't save any penalties in the shootout, but, you know, he kept Manchester United in the game, didn't he, in the 90 minutes? But it's all about getting through that game today, wasn't it? And obviously they'll be disappointed about going out in Europe, but, you know, they still a great chance of, of winning a trophy hmm. obviously United will be looking for a domestic double long odds for a, a, a domestic treble but what do you think the chances are of Man United doing the double this year yeah I think they've, they've got a good chance I think the FA Cup final is it's 50-50 really isn't it I mean Manchester Derby's you know form goes out of the window for those sort of games doesn't it and there's pressure on that United will know City have got flaws and, and, and vice versa so that game could go either way. It's all going to be on the day, isn't it? You know, the emotion that's going to be in that and, you know, the build-up, a cup final week and that. You know, there's no doubt if you were to sort of find tooth comb both sides, Manchester City have probably got the, the better players, haven't they, the more quality. But, you know, that that, that doesn't count for much on, on a cup final day. It's, as I said, it's on, the, it's on the day, isn't it? Both teams are going to go hammer and tongue at each other and it should be a classic match. Probably won't. It'll probably be a nil-nil draw, <laughs> won't it? But, but we're expecting a cracker, aren't we? And let's hope but that's what we get on June the 3rd yeah I think obviously you know the FA Cup famous around the world one of the famous cup competitions and when Manchester United and Man City come together they've never done it before in an FA Cup final adds that little bit of extra uh, showbiz and penaz to, to the occasion we're all looking forward to it it'll be a big occasion uh, for everybody uh, for both teams obviously Pep Guardiola v Ten Hag yet again um, both red v blue it's it's certainly different levels of uh, excitement and uh, competitive things that go on in our well Manchester the great city yeah it's, it's going to be a funny day that isn't it I mean Salford play OKR okay, ah, that day don't they the magic weekend on Saturday the 3rd of June I think that's an half past one kickoff. so we should be before that but that's that's worked against Salford a few times where the, the fixtures have clashed this season but no that should be uh, should be a great game Matt. and as you said it's it's going to be historic isn't it it's never ever happened before has it which is Probably hard to believe, isn't it? You know, both sides have had plenty of success over the years, haven't they? But this is special. There's, there's not been many. Times. I think Arsenal have played Tottenham in, in, in the League Cup final. I'm not sure about the FA Cup final, but we've had derby games before. But this is two sides from the same city, which is a special derby game, isn't it? A proper derby game. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fever pitch, isn't it, down at Wembley? Yeah, 
looking at the Premier League games that happened this week, Fulham beat Leeds 2-1. Uh, Leeds still deep in relegation trouble. Uh, Fulham hanging on to mid-table. It's a sabbatical situation for Leeds, obviously, with all the changes that happened uh, on the off the, fee- off the field in the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, and it's difficult, obviously, you're looking at relegation dogfight. Anyone can go down. They can. There's, there's a lot of teams down there, isn't it? They seem to be struggling for form. You know, you've got Nottingham Forest who were starting to pull away from it, wasn't they? And got themselves out of it. And then their form's just gone gone through the floor, really, hasn't it, last couple of weeks? So, um, yeah, Southampton have, have sort of scratched around. They got a good draw against Arsenal, didn't they? But they're still down, bang down there in trouble. So, there's, there's quite a few games left yet, but there's, there's, there's a lot of teams there that are going to be looking over the shoulder and, and, and panicking. One team that's really surprised me this season is Aston Villa. I think yeah. they they're right up there. They seem to have gone under the radar and just picked up win after win after win, and you know put themselves right in the the shot of a European slot. I mean, the surprise game at the weekend was Newcastle and Tottenham. I think Newcastle were five 0 up after about twenty minutes uh, in that game. So that's that's another surprising scoreline. So there's a few teams like sort of Chelsea and Tottenham who've, who've been real Jekyll and Hyde teams this season and been, been so unpredictable. Liverpool's another one who's so unpredictable. You just don't know what team's going to turn up. Yeah. You talked about Aston Villa. Uriah Henry uh, drew one all with Brentford. Obviously, when he took over uh, with Villa, they were towards the bottom of the league, and now the top five. I mean, what what a great transformation he's uh, managed to managed to do with Villa. Yeah, in, in the course of a season, yeah, I think it's been a tremendous turnaround. And um, you know, I, I didn't realise how well they were doing until I looked at the league table last week, and you know, see that the form that the, the runner form that they're on. So he's done a tremendous job there, and you know, to put them up into to European places, that that's you know, that's fantastic work to be uh, that's been done. Yeah. Uh, like you said, Arsenal drew three all with Southampton. Obviously, Arsenal, Man City battling out at the top. Southampton down towards the bottom. Southampton were three one up with uh, five minutes to go. So Arsenal managed to sneak two goals to equalise. But you know it plays into Man City's hands now, really. It does. Well, it's it's in Manchester City's hands, isn't it, Rob? If they were to, they'd have to rely on other results now. They've just got to win their games and. They could probably even afford to draw one, can't they? You know, the goal difference is that good. So, you know, the pressure now turns on onto Arsenal, doesn't it? They, they've got to sort of chase it now. They've got to win that game, haven't they, against Manchester City in the week. If they don't win that game, then it's going to start drifting away from them. So that game becomes massive now, and it becomes massive for Arsenal. And the way Manchester City are playing the, and the goals that they're scoring, you know, you, you find it difficult for Arsenal to keep a clean sheet and keep Manchester City out. They just seem to score goals for fun. Yeah, uh, Palace drew nil nil with Everton. Uh, point no good for either of them teams because they're both in the mix for the relegation. Yeah, I mean Sean Dyche has come into to Everton, and you know he's he's not done too bad. Has he had a couple of decent results, but they've sort of hobbled along and treaded water, really, haven't they? And, and they're in they're in trouble, aren't they? Like you say, so there's a lot of teams that I wouldn't like to predict which three teams are going to go down because there could be a lot more twists and turns before the end of the season. Hmm. Leicester and Wolves. Leicester beat Wolves 2-1 at home. Um, Obviously, Leicester towards the bottom of the Premier League as well. Uh, Lucky, obviously, they got the win there. Yeah, changed the manager as well, haven't they? And sometimes that can... Well, it seems to always have an effect. That doesn't a new manager coming in seems to boost the players and you seem to get that that result, don't you, when they they first take over. So they they were massively in need of a win, weren't they, to to give them a chance of, of survival. Yeah, uh, Liverpool beat Notts Forest three two. Um, was you know all working out well for Jurgen Klopp, but then Forest scored a couple of couple of 
quick goals, uh, but they managed to sneak the win. And hopefully, like I say, they'll be back in contention uh, for a European spot. Yeah, that's what they're looking for, aren't they? But like I was saying before, they, they've been so unpredictable this season. Some weeks they've been absolutely outstanding, haven't they? And thump teams. And then the week after, they've, they've gone and blown it, haven't they, to a side you'd expect them to get a result from. So they're really up and down, aren't they? And you don't quite know what to expect from, from Liverpool. I think Tottenham are the same. I think Chelsea have, have been really poor this season, haven't they, as well? And those, those are the sort of sides that you expect to be up there doing well, but they've just been so unpredictable and, you know, you've not really known what to expect from them at all. Mm. Going up to the two surprise uh, results of the weekend, uh, West Ham beat Bournemouth 4-0 away from home. Obviously, West Ham uh, struggling in the relegation zone, uh, but obviously beating Bournemouth is a big result for David Moyes. Yeah, it's a massive result, isn't it? They've they've been really poor, haven't they, of late? And that's another surprise when I mean, got to help people who do accumulators and football betting, and that they've got no chance at the moment. <laughs> some of the some of the scores that are coming in because you wouldn't have predicted that when West Ham have not been the biggest goal scorers in the the league this season. I mean, to go and score four goals away from home against a Bournemouth side who have not done bad, they've been pretty good at home, haven't they? That's that was a that was a real strange scoreline, that. Yeah, and then the final one, Newcastle beat Tottenham 6-1 at home. Obviously, Newcastle pushing for that Champions League spot. And Tottenham, you know what they call it, being all Spursy and losing 6-1. Yeah, as I said before, five them up after 20 minutes and you yeah. thought it was going to be a cricket score that, didn't you? And then it seemed to sort of tail away then, didn't it, the game? But uh, but no, they're on fire there, Newcastle. And, you know, they're there on the other side. They, you know, they've dropped a few points, haven't they? There, but they've been pretty consistent this season and they're pushing for that top four, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And obviously, you know, with all the, the money behind them, Paul, it's, it's, it makes a big difference, obviously, when you'll be able to, to go through the gears. I mean, like you say, 5-0 after 20 minutes. Uh, different story to the uh, the Newcastle of a few years ago when they were struggling towards the bottom. Yeah, well, they, they're finding their feet and they're scoring goals, aren't they? And that's what it's all about. If you, you get yourself a goal scorer and someone to bang the ball in the net for you, it's half the battle, isn't it? And they seem to be scoring goals. They seem to be pretty good at home as well. They seem to be, have made St. James' Park into a real fortress now, don't they? And as you said there, they've got the back in now and they're probably going to get stronger and stronger, aren't they? You know, give it another transfer window, you know, a close season in the summer. I bet they've already got players here, Matt, who they're going to bring in. So you can expect them to be even stronger in, in the 2023 24 season. Yeah, so look at the league table. Arsenal are first with 75 points. Man City are second with 70 points, but they have two games in hand. Newcastle are third with 59 points. Uh, Manchester United are fourth with 59 points, but Man United have a game in hand. And Tottenham are fifth with 53 points. And Aston Villa are sixth with 51 points. Liverpool are seventh with 50 points. So with them six teams... Paul, who do you think's going to uh, finish in that top four? And obviously, Arsenal and City are probably nailed on, but the rest of them, yeah, it's all in the mix. Yeah, you say them two are nailed on. I, I, I fancy Newcastle the way they play, and I still think Manchester United will get in there as well. So, you've got a few other teams on the outside. I think that's a Villa and, and that are going to run out of games, aren't they? Um, so, I'd probably go, I think City are going to win it. I think Arsenal will finish second, then Newcastle and Manchester United. Hmm. Other football fixtures are other local sides. Holford City, they were away at Walsall and won 3 2 uh, this weekend. Uh, went down to 10 men uh, after Louise Betty was sent off. But Matthew Lund came up with a 97th minute winner uh, to put Salford sixth. Yeah, that was a massive result, wasn't it? I, I was watching the old video printer on Sky, uh, Sky Sports. 
on Saturday afternoon with Jess Stelling and there was a big roar then when uh, when Salford got that late goal. Yeah, like, like you said, it was deep into injury time, that wasn't it? But that's a massive result, you know, especially now with the, there's not many games left. I think they've got two two games left now, mm. so uh, so it's real the real business end of the season now and that's a massive three points. Yeah, obviously in a playoff spot at the moment, but, you know, it re- it's really going to be tight uh, in there. You're kind of hoping, obviously, we can keep our heads and, and make a playoff and then we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, yeah, the, the playoffs are a real lottery, aren't they? So you get in there and, you know, it's going to be tough whoever you're playing against some top sides in there who've had really good seasons. So, you know, Solver get in there, they're going to have a real tough game. There's no doubt about that, whoever they get in the uh, in sort of the playoff semi-final. Yeah, so fixtures this week. Uh, the big one, Man City play Arsenal at home on Wednesday. The top two in the Premier League going head-to-head. Uh, Paul, it's going to be an absolute classic. Oh, I think, yeah, but we'd hope so. Like You sometimes build these games up and they're not as good as what they're supposed to be, but I think this one will be because you've got Man City who, who find the net with ease, don't they? And uh, I think Arsenal are going to have a job containing them, really. And, and Arsenal can't afford to come and park the bus and play for a draw, can they? they? They need to win the game, really, don't they? You know, with Man City's games in hand and, and Manchester City's goal difference as well, which is worth another point. So so Arsenal, really, if you were the Arsenal manager, you'd be telling your players, we've got, we've got to go and get a result, we've got to go and win. So, um, so yeah, it should be a cracking game. Mm. They've started to leak goals, Arsenal. Though last I think three weeks they've had to come from behind uh, to nick points, and Manchester City are just on this roll, aren't they, of winning? So it will be interesting to see whether Ar- whether Arsenal can sort of withstand that wave of Manchester City after the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you can only see Pep setting up one way, can't you? And if if I was Pep, and you know, I think. The way he's going to set up is is to just go for the jugular. I think they're going to go and try and score goals and, and win the game and perhaps blow Arsenal away. I think that's the only way they they seem to play at home, isn't it? So, uh, so yeah, you, you never know in in those sort of games. But like you said, Arsenal are leaking goals, and you come up against the Manchester City side there, likes of Ireland in it, who just seems to score goals for fun. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough at the Etihad with, with the home fans behind them. Mm. And then they play Fulham away on the Sunday, which will be a tricky contest because obviously after the Arsenal game, all the nervous energy and emotional energy, you know, taken from that game, it'll be a hard to raise themselves again for Fulham. Yeah, that'll be another tough game, but the, the games are coming thick and fast now, aren't they? As you said before, you've got Champions League, you've got the FA Cup to think about as well now, but you can only play the team in front of you. You know, they've got to think about Fulham once they've got rid of Arsenal. You know, the Arsenal game is massive. You know, if you win that game, perhaps they can afford to, to draw at Fulham, but, you know, they, they'd be expected to go there and get a win, rather. I mean, they'll be looking to win every game now to the end of the season. They're on that sort of run. They're, they're playing with confidence, aren't they? Scoring goals. They're going to take some stopping, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, Manchester United face Spurs away on Thursday obviously after their 6-1 defeat from Newcastle they'll be stinging so that'll be a real tricky contest obviously after Man United's FA Cup semi-final victory like we said big games usually take a lot out of people so it'll be interesting to see how they react to Spurs yeah, it will be, but I don't know with Spurs, they're up and down, aren't they, at the moment. You can see players moving on from, from Spurs at the end of the season. They talk about Harry Kane and things like that. Perhaps there's a lot of unsettled players there and they don't seem they don't seem much to me at the moment. And Manchester United go there with the right attitude. I think they can get a result. Yeah, and then they face Villa at home, like we said. You're right, Henry, you know, playing well for Aston Villa, so that'll be a test. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely will be a test, and they're playing with a lot of confidence as well, aren't they? And that can take you a long way. And 
you know, they they won't be thinking about top four and things like that. They'll just be thinking about getting as high in the table as they can. And, um, you know, especially at home, they're playing well. So they'll be a very, very dangerous side. Yeah. And then Salford play Carlisle away on Saturday. Obviously, we talked about them being at six in the league now and, and having to win to keep in that promotion push. Where's Carlisle in the league, Rob? Are they oh, you asked me that question, Paul. Don't <laughs> but we'll see. But it'll be a big test because obviously Salford are a team wanting to be you know, towards top division, don't they? Carlisle are mid-table. So they've not got much to play for. Oh, no, I'm lying. Fifth in the league, one above. Oh, yeah. I, I was going to say, I thought they were. I thought they were up there with Salford. So they're, they're going for that playoff spot as well, aren't they? So they can't make a mistake. So that's going to be tough. It's a tough place to go anyway, Carlisle, isn't it? It's a bit of a trip up the up the motorway and that. And they'll, they'll be partners and their supporters won't be there at old uh, Brunton Park. So that'll be a tough game for Salford. Yeah, we obviously a fantastic occasion. Obviously, hopefully they'll get a result uh, there and, and continue their push for... Uh, you know, a promotion to the next division. So that was all the football uh, chat. And now we'll talk boxing, Paul. Uh, a few big fights this week. Jerona uh, Davis beat Ryan, is it Gara? Uh, talk us about that. Jerona Davis against Ryan Garcia. That's yeah, how it was. Um, yeah, I did. I've not seen the fight. I've read about it. And we, me and James were talking about it last week, weren't we? Two unbeaten fighters going toe to toe with each other. And, you know, two fighters that have got massive social media presence, big stars, you know, um, across the pond. And, and this was, this was you know, down down to be one of the fights of the year. And I, and I think you got that as well. You don't, we, we keep saying it, you don't always get these fights, you know, they don't get matched up, things happen. But this one did, it was, you know, big global fight. And uh, yeah, Garcia was beaten, beaten by a, a fantastic body punch there and, and dropped down, I think it was the seventh round, I think it was. So a massive result there for Davis. And I think you'll probably see that fight again. I bet there's a rematch clause in there, but it was a, it was a magnificent contest from what I've read and uh, you know, a big win for Davis. Yeah, Davis is now... 29 fights, 27 knockouts, seventh round uh, win uh, this week. Obviously, where does he go next, you think? Well, I've got a feeling Garcia will be after a rematch, but mm. uh, after that, there's the Devon Haney fight. You know, that that's another um, mouth-watering contest between another elite fighter there in, in America. So I think that's the, the way it could go if, if they don't have the rematch straight away. But they tend to have these clauses now. So it'll be either Devin Haney or, or Garcia again for Devonta Davis. But whichever one you get, they're going to be absolute classic fights, aren't they? And, you know, these, these are the ones we like to see. Mm. Um, Joe Cardina uh, won, uh, reclaimed his IBF super featherweight uh, boxing title. Uh, talk us through that one. Yeah, great for Joe Cardina. You know, good to see him again. The, the Welshman there, he's um, you know very much loved in his own country, and great for him to get that that world title back as well. And uh, I'm sure we're looking at defending that before the end of the year. You know, a big fight in in, in his home country. So uh, so yeah, one on the road. So big big result for Joe Cardina. Mm, lots of sort of Welsh uh, box, passionate boxers. Uh, where does he stand in the in the hierarchy? No, I think he's been good. He's had a good career so far. He's still got plenty left and plenty left to prove. But as you say, there's there's been plenty, hasn't there, over the years? They've got the likes of Joe Calzaghi, Enzo Macronelli, Johnny Matchstick, Man Owens, and and people like that. There's it's been a, you know, there's been some tremendous fighters coming out of Wales. So uh, yeah, I think he's right up there at the moment. But he's still got a legacy and, uh, and more big fights in him. Mm. Uh, Alan the Savage Babich uh, lost uh, this wing first round blowout uh, for him. Talk us through that one. 
Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that you know, we've talked about Alan the Savage before, haven't we? He's blown people away, hasn't he? And uh, been pretty ferocious, but no beating there in a in a real sort of whirlwind first round. You know, two blokes, a bit of a shootout really, where they both gone for each other to sort of take each other's head off, and uh, and, and Babbage just come out on the wrong side of that. So uh, no, a bit of a surprise really, because he's been a real demolition man so far. But you know, surprised to see him uh, see him lose early on. Where does that leave the Savage now after this defeat? Um, oh, not too sure to be honest with you. You know, people lose fights, don't they? I think he's been pretty, pretty solid throughout his career. I'm sure he'll come back from that. He's a, he's a tough man, and uh, I'm sure there'll be more fights for him. He's an entertaining boxer as well, isn't he? People love to see his style, and uh, I'm sure there'll be promoters and people queuing up to get him lined up for another fight. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Rumours are swirling that Callum Smith is looking for a next fight. Uh, what do you think will happen there? Who will face Callum? Yeah, Callum Smith's sort of gone off the radar, hasn't he, since his defeat to, to Canelo. Um, there's the Beturbier fight, you know, that's one's been being lined up. I think there's rumours there. He has been injured, hasn't he, Callum Smith, pulled out of his last fight. So the, the Beturbier fight is is one that they're hoping to get over the line. And it'd be nice to see that, you know, before the summer's out. So uh, that'll be one to look forward to, especially in Liverpool. You've got some, some cracking arenas there. Maybe a fight at maybe Anfield Stadium or somewhere like that. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that one because I know he's chasing world titles again. Hmm. So that's all the boxing chat. And now we'll talk rugby league and Salford Devils. They were in action this weekend against Catalan Dragons and won 16 points to 14. Talk us through it, Paul. Uh, oh, it was a fantastic match. I mean... You talk about rugby league and you think these points and, and that. I was talking to my daughter before the game and she was thinking there's going to be loads of points, it's going to be 30 or 30. And I sort of agreed with her on that, really. I thought there might be a lot of points in the game, but there wasn't. But it was one of those matches where, you know, defences were on top and it was a real war of attrition. But, you know, there was limited chances in the game, really. We sort of had a lot of possession in that first half, but couldn't really break Catalans down, and it was vice versa in the second half. But it was a real bruising encounter. But, you know, considering the the, the lack of points, the excitement was fever pitching that second half. I don't think Salford crossed the halfway line with the ball. It was all Salford defending and clinging on and clinging on. But uh, but they managed to hang on. But scored some good tries as well. You know, King Vernier went over in the first half for us. And then the pivotal one was, was Joe Burgess scoring just before the break to send Salford in with a 10-point lead that ultimately Catalans couldn't catch up. Mm. And obviously, we've we've talked about the grit and determination that the Salford side's got, and they had to show plenty of that in that second half. Catalan constantly attacking, Salford constantly defending. Um, obviously, it was a late moment where Catalan scored and they missed the kick, which gave Salford victory, but the defence was solid. Oh, the defence was outstanding. It was. It, the second half, I mean, Catalan came out as if Steve McNamara, their coach, had given them the rounds of the kitchen at half-time. They come out you know, the second half, a, a different side, really. I thought Salford were pretty comfortable in the first half. They didn't really throw a lot at us and they were quite static. But in the second half, Catalan up the game. I thought they were a bit niggly. They brought that into the, the game as well, dragged Salford into a, a real dogfight. And, uh, and that's the way they like to play sometimes because they've got some massive forwards, haven't they? And, uh, you know, we've not really got the firepower to match them in the forwards, but I thought we did, to be honest. We didn't get busted up the middle like you would have thought Catalans would have done. We, we tackled them to a standstill, really, and limited their chances, frustrated them. And, yeah, they got over with it. I thought it was quite a fortunate try, that last one they got. I thought there was a knock-on at the play of the ball, but, you know, that said, they went over and, and, the, and then missed the kick. So, yeah, it was frantic stuff, wasn't it? You'd have expected the, the, the 
Catalan's halfback to, to kick that last goal. It didn't look an overly difficult one, but there was pressure on. The south stand made plenty of noise and thankfully they helped to drag the ball wide. But, you know, what a, what a sort of a second half it was. It was uh, really entertaining stuff. It was a team. That's what Super League's all about, isn't it, Paul? We want excitement. We want fans to feel like they're involved. And, um, you know, we, we talk about it a lot, don't we, about the Super League and, and how we may have stagnated over the years. But Salford have certainly this year uh, put the cat amongst the pigeons. They certainly are. I think the cat's amongst the pigeons anyway, Rob, to be honest with you. I think Super League is absolutely wide open. Um, you know, anybody could get to that grand final. Really. Obviously, Wakefield, Casford are struggling. But, you know, anybody above that, you, you, you've got a chance, really, haven't you? I mean, there's been some real strange scores at the weekend. Again, Huddersfield were beating a hole, which you wouldn't have expected. Wakefield went to, to Wigan and everyone said, oh, and it was 22-6, I think it finished. So that was quite a tight game. So, so yeah, he's up in the air at the moment. He's just after consistency. And, you know, Salford have won three on the spin now. We've got a lot of players out injured as well. So you think when when, when they come back, when we get, you know, some bodies back as well, we'll be even more dangerous. So, so I think the club are doing really well. Some people I heard saying today, oh, the attack's still a bit clunky and this, that and the other. But... I sort of disagree with that really you can't go into every game and, and blow teams away you've got to work for, for your victories and you know, Catalans are a good side you know they're, they're a side that are, are always up there and always challenging they were fourth top today going into this game uh, on Sunday sorry and, uh, and, and Salford did the business so uh, yeah a real good result I thought particularly with the amount of possession that Catalans had in that second half it, you know we all go on about exciting rugby league don't we and tries being scored I think you can get excitement from watching a team defend for their lives because you're on the edge of your seat willing them to tackle everything that moves haven't you and that's what they did mm. I spoke to Chris Atkin Sam Stone Matty Costello you spoke to Reese Williams Ellis Longstaff and um, Joe Burgess Joe Burgess after the game and this is what they had to say how did I say Joe Burgess joins me try scorer today but it wasn't all about tries today was it how tough was it out there today uh, yeah, we just did the nitty-gritty part well. Uh, we all just scrambled well and did a few. Right, Sammy? Stop scoring those yeah. cherry tries! <laughs> <laughs> Fuzzy! Yeah, that. Um, yeah, we just scrambled well. Uh, we, we really played for each other today. Um, right, well, we're even scoring the second half, did we? So, that's two then. points in the second half. Two points in the second half, yeah, but no try and score, so just show that we've got a we're just really just resilient. You got that crucial try, didn't you, right before the break? You know, you got caught by Tom Johnston there. But how quick is he, that Tom he's Johnston? Yeah, I don't know where he's come from. I don't know where he came from. Um, I should have just pinned me his back and just... I kept looking behind me and I shouldn't have. A bit of a rookie. Was, there, was the pitch wet? Because you seemed to slide oh, yeah, for yeah, the Yeah, it was, it was a good there, job it drizzled a few minutes before. <laughs> or I just stuck on, on the sand. But yeah, I'm going to have a way with Grinsman. I'm pretty sure he... Uh, Sabotage maybe was quick sanding. A monumental effort in that second half. You know, the amount of defending that you had to do, it was set after set after set, wasn't it? And then obviously got the late try. Um, what were you thinking there when you second that goal kick at the end? We've got to pick ourselves up and, and get ready for extra time. But he fluffed the kick, and, and it's it's a rare. I mean, there was five seconds left, and it, it's rare that people, like teams can score with five seconds left. Were you expecting a kick through there? Because he just seemed to get swallowed up in the. Um, <laughs> I was just expecting the big shift and then there's plenty of cover at the back we were too concerned about the kick um, but yeah they, they, we got the win in the end and that's all that mattered how do you spend next week then is it, do you get any time off now yeah we've got, some time off we're off Monday 
Monday to Friday back in next Saturday, so I'm just going to golf all week, I think. Oh, nice. Well, I think you deserve it. It's been a tough few weeks, hasn't it? And a tough start to the season, but, but well done, John. Thanks for speaking to us today, mate. No worries. No worries at all. Right, delighted to say Rhys Williams joins me. How physical was that that match? Yeah, it was, it was a tough old game. You know when Catalans turn over there, they're a big set, so you always prepare for, for the worst, really. Uh, but, you know, you have to sort of turn up. Uh, to, to be able to deal with them and uh, they're, they're a good team and we know we had to play well to get the victory to Three wins on the spin as well what's Paul Rollis said to you you've started to build a bit of momentum now aren't you? I think that's just just it I think there's there a period there where we, where we didn't go back to back at the start of the year and uh, we talked about that a bit so it's nice to just get three wins on the trot and you know um, Catalan are up there as one of the top four for the last few years so uh, it was important we, we got a good win at home against them to uh, take that next phase of the season. How is it when it's like that? You've been hardly any possession in that second half. You're just back-to-back defending all the time. Must take it out of you, but you showed an awful a character there in that second half. Uh, I think that's, you know, you said it there, the, the character of the team. We know that uh, when we make mistakes, we'll, we'll turn up for each other and uh, to limit them to 10 points, you know, they're, they're a good attacking team. So if we do that, we put ourselves in a good spot, spot to win. Bit of controversy and the Catalans get a try in 90 seconds. It looked like a knock-on. What's going through your mind when he's kicking that goal to level the game? Did you fancy extra time? Because I bet, bet you guys uh, could, weren't you? No, to be honest, I, I thought he was going to slide it. So I, I had it in my head. But I, I think probably everyone did. You're just preparing for, for extra time. So you're just getting ready for, for what's to come. Um, you know, luckily he missed and it didn't, didn't go to that. But, um, yeah, just one of those. You're always preparing for the so, yeah. There's five seconds left, they kick off, you've just got to make the last tackle and everything, that last sort of play of the game. I was expecting Catalans to kick there, but you just sort of Yeah, you, up, you? you sort of prepare for them to, for, for them to kick, because uh, it's, it's, a, it's a hard one, because they haven't got time to put shape on or, or in a position to with, with literally that time to go. So, um, yeah, tough tough one, but you know we, we dug in and got and did it and got the win. You've got a week off next week. Are you glad for that, really? You know, as a team, because you've had some tough games last week. You know, backing up Castleford was an hard game. Lee away. You've had some real bruising encounters, haven't you? Uh, definitely. You know, I think a third of the way in, it, it's always nice to get a bit of a rest and, and get the bo- uh, the bodies healed. And you know, we, we we've had a few injuries on that, on that sort of front this uh, side of the year. So to just get some bodies from rest. But uh, internationally, you know, I, I I was hoping for a Wales game. Personally, I, I want to play for my country every every opportunity, and uh, a little annoyed and disappointed that there isn't a game. But um, you know, it is what it is, and uh, I'll take the week's rest and rest up. You keep playing well for solid reason. Thanks very much for the Cheers, time. Cheers, Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Right, I'd like to say, Longstaff joins me. How tough was it out there today in that game? It looked a real bruiser from the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough physical encounter. You know, uh, we know they're going to be a big set of lads and challenges through the middle. And they've got some uh, got some strike on the edges, but um, I think we did well to contain that. And uh, obviously in the first half, and most of the ball, but throughout the second half, we were uh, turning up for each other. And um, yeah, we were a good uh, physical counter back from us. Limited chances. I mean, you don't think you've got any possession in that second half at all. You know, you kept Catalans out. They get that try at the end there. What's going through your mind with that kick at the last, last second? There, they've got a kick to draw the game. Oh, it's um, obviously we're not we're never good enough to go on and win it anyway. So I was never doubt in our mind. Obviously, it was uh, it was upsetting to concede that last try so late in the game when we defended so well in the second half. But like I said, there's no doubt in our mind that, that uh, we were going to win that game. So uh, I know you're enjoying honest. life at Salford as well. You're on loan at the moment from Warrington, aren't you? Enjoying things here? Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it here. Great set of lads. Great set. Of coaching staff so um, yeah I'm buzzing and really enjoying it thanks for taking time to speak to us mate you enjoy your evening pal oh, cheers mate 
Simon, joined by uh, Chris Atkin. Big win today, that? Yeah, huge. Uh, obviously, going into the, the break and Catalan being, you know, having a really good start to the season. We knew it was going to be a tough game and obviously, fans are saying it's not the, the way we put points on teams last year, but we're, we're doing things differently and winning games we might not have done last year. Is that show the character of the team that you've obviously got different ways of winning? You can obviously play sort of fairy tale rugby or you can grind results out. Yeah, I don't think it's you know in an ideal situation. We know we, we know we can score points, and we're we're still working hard to to fix things up. We're not saying that that's a perfect performance, but you know sometimes you've got to take the two points and move on. Yeah, how was it down the middle of us? Then big forwards running running around, you getting stuck in, stopping running around. Yeah, they've obviously got some some big players, and we we knew we had to front up and try and match them in the middle, and I think we did that really well in parts. And we just like I said, got to keep keep getting better and keep working hard. Yeah, week off now. Uh, obviously, chance to recharge the batteries and go again. Yeah, a bit of time off. Uh, obviously, we work hard in pre-season and, and we've had a really good start to the season now. So I think we'll draw a, sign, a line in the sand, um, regroup, have a bit of a rest and come you know, ready for the back end of the season. Fifth in the league now. When do you start sort of looking at the table and thinking, you know what, this could be a playoff moment this for us? It's still a long way away. I think, you know, look at what we did last season. You know, we've kind of left it to the last minute of we had to keep winning games and we sort of spoke that we want to, you know, put ourselves in a better position. We've, we've done that now at this break. Uh, and obviously we'll go into the Challenge Cup games as well so it'll give us a different focus we'll regroup assess where we're at and, and find ways to get better again Brilliant, cheers Chris and good luck I'm joined by uh, Stam, Sam Stone big win today Yeah, it was a good win mate you know I thought I thought we were going to have to go an extra time there at the end and really made it hard ourselves on the end but I think the way we played in the first half really set up a good win How was it down the middle obviously Catalan bring a lot of lot of power a lot of big forwards you're in the mix every, every, every set yeah, yeah, I felt like that. Um, you know, we had a big focus on defence this week, so um, that was that was a lot of my role, and I think for the most part we did a pretty good job. Yep, fifth place, three wins on the spin. How far can this team go? Mate, you know, if we're, if we're all working together, we're all pushing in the right direction, so let's just, um, you know, continue playing footy, take it one week at a time and see where we are in the playoff picture. Yep, um, week off this week, opportunity to, to sort of rest your body a bit and build for the next ten games. That's it, mate. Yeah, let's do the right things over the next few days and then get get back in ready to, uh, I don't even know who we have next, but make sure we're feeling fresh for our next game. Next game's Leeds away. Okay. Our record's not the greatest at Leeds, but three on the spin, yep. this team playing well, and think it up. Yeah, I think, you know, take, getting teams after a loss is always difficult. You know, I think Leeds are going to be coming up off that loss against, was it Lee? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, they'll be uh, working hard over this little break period and uh, I'm expecting a tough game. Brilliant. Cheers for joining us and uh, good luck. So I'm joined by uh, Mac- Matty Costello. Good win today. Yeah, very good. Um, tough periods in the full game. Um, got really lucky at the end with the two points, but I'm sure Sneedy would have slotted the one anyway. Yeah, you were in the, in the wars a bit with a bit of an Ed Bang. Are you feeling all right now, complimentous? Uh, I can't wait to go and get in bed to be honest but um, yeah I was I was out for a bit uh, chilling on the floor Yeah. but Ellis stepped in and he, he killed it didn't he so yeah. good win today obviously you know Catalan bring ferocity they bring big big forwards as well um, worked so hard in that second half yeah we did we spoke about before how physical they were going to be and how much of a challenge it would be uh, but we fronted up and I thought we did really well and how, how do you feel you've done obviously you know deputising for injured uh, Tim Lafay playing very well uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with my performances this year. I um, feel like the coach have helped me set my game up to another level. Um, yeah, and I'm really enjoying the minutes I'm getting. That's why, that's why I call you 8, eight out of 10 Costello. That's why I've got a nickname like this. I'll take that every week. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> fifth, fifth in the league. Um, you know, three games on the spin. Now win. Uh, how far can this team go? Uh, hopefully, last year another step further. Uh, or two. 
I think we've got the calibre for it and we've proven it with competing with good teams and just losing by little amounts. So I think we're all pretty happy and positive with where we're at. Yeah, week off now. Um, obviously, time to recharge and ready for the next uh, next 10 games. Yep, I'll be going to Portugal tomorrow, chilling with a few of the boys <laughs> and then uh, come back and work hard on Friday and Saturday. Good. Get ready for next week. Good luck. Enjoy yourselves. You've earned it. So... Everybody quite happy with the result. You know, we're happy to have a week off now, Paul, and, and get set for the next uh, encounter of Super League. I think I think the week off's massive now. Um, the next game's Leeds away. I think it is on the Friday, isn't it? So that'll be a week next Friday. So, yeah, the next weekend, I think the players, from what Joe Burgess said, have got Monday to Friday off now. They've got sort of five days off before they come back in. So that'll give them a chance to have a rest and play a bit of golf or do whatever they need to do and uh, and rest their bodies and that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's come at a, a crucial time for us, really. You know, we might have one or two players involved in the, the international game at the weekend. You know, Tyler Dupree was in the squad, so we'll have to watch the space on that one. That'll be good for him. But uh, I think as a whole, it's going to do the squad an awful lot of good having that having that sort of break now because uh, we've had some tough games. You think back the last couple of weeks, we've had Lee away, which was a battle at Easter. The Castleford game was a real tough game. Uh, the Wigan game as well was another bruising one away from home, and then and then today against Catalan. So it's been a real bruising sort of few weeks for the for the players. Mm. Salford uh, fifth in the league at the moment. Paul obviously playing quite well. Obviously, us Salford fans getting used to being towards the top of the table, but it kind of shows how far we've come and how you know well the clubs run these days that we're able to compete at the very top. On very limited budget as well, Rob, and very limited resources. I mean, even this season, we've got such a small squad and we've got players out injured, but yet we keep, you know, punching above our weight and, and getting results. And, um, yeah, I think we're doing really well. You look at the likes of Huddersfield, I mean, I know they beat us, but they're four points behind us on the table, so they've got a lot more sort of cash to throw about than we have. So I think we're doing really, really well. I think we're very humble about the way we go about things and we've just got to keep taking each game as it comes. That's that's Paul Rowley and Kurt Haggerty's philosophy. That's the way they seem to play, and the players really are putting a shift in, aren't they? I think there's no doubt about that. You, you can say what you want, but the, the the effort that they put in is absolutely tremendous. See the players when they're coming off at the end and coming out of the changing rooms, they're absolutely battered and bruised, aren't they? Because they give absolutely everything. So that's all that you can ask for. And they bought, they bought into Paul Rowley's philosophy last season, and, and 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 it's been great. We've we've had that consistency now with Paul and, and Kurt, and um, you know the players really play for them and put it in. So that's all you can ask yeah three wins on the spin as well Paul it's you know it's really good that you know the club are, are moving forward obviously it's all about engaging and, and if we can manage to keep this run going who, who knows what might happen yeah we've got like we've got this, this break now haven't we then we've got two away games Leeds and St. Helens are our next two matches so you've got two really big games there I know Leeds are a bit in and out this season aren't they? they've not been playing very well to be honest they were beating at Lee at the weekend so that's a big opportunity to go there and get a result it's, it's a tough place to go it's heading lane we don't have the best record there but if we can go and get a result there you've got to say it there with four wins on the trot and you know Saints aren't playing that well so I think you can turn anybody over it's on the day it's about being consistent and um, just keeping players healthy and I think we've, we spoke on the podcast with, with Parky haven't we and we've mentioned one thing that could get Salford or finish Salford off this season is the lack of players and lack of squad and the lack of numbers I mean that's probably why we lost at Wigan because we didn't have the, the bodies did we to get the results so if we can get some bodies back and, and keep a healthy healthy squad to a certain extent I mean you know you get injuries at everything don't you but if we can keep you know relatively healthy squad we can do a job this season no doubt about that 
Yeah, the club have announced that there is a new community share offer campaign they're going to call Reds Rise Together, which allows supporters to buy a share in the club uh, and hopefully uh, put a, obviously a bit of money into the club and take them to the next level. Yeah, this was rumoured, wasn't it, a while ago, I think, they were, they were talking about that and, you know, getting it off the ground and that was announced today, wasn't it, the, sorry, Sunday at the match and, um, yeah, it's exciting, you know, we, we've said about it being a fans-run club and a community-run club and that would really put the top out on it then, wouldn't it? It would be run by the community and owned by the, the community and the supporters, so, you know, it'd be, be a real sort of historical move. There's no other club like that in the country, is there? So, really, really exciting initiative and, uh, yeah, let's hope we can be part of that because I think it'd be great. Yeah, it's a community benefit um, society now uh, where people can sort of join and stand for election to help them sort of run the club which is you know a fantastic thing obviously Paul King's done a great job uh, and it's important obviously with a new IMG uh, you know proposal coming in that Paul King and, and the club and the fans all work together to go in the right direction. Yeah, it certainly is, and we know what we've got to solve. We've got some tremendous supporters and some fanatical supporters, and you know, real good, uh, real good sort of uh, hardcore, haven't we? If you like, and uh, yeah, Paul's done a tremendous job. As of the people around him, you've got your supporters trust there, and the season ticket holders, and everybody who gets involved. You know, all the volunteers, the foundation. It's uh, it's been a tremendous, you know last 18 months or so I think for it to be a Salford support and everything's sort of built slowly I mean we talk about on the podcast all the time don't we about how we've got the, the under 18s playing now and the, the, the foundation the learning disabilities team physical disabilities the ladies team are doing really well so everything's coming together isn't it and uh, you know it's, it's great to see yep um, we will be the first um, club in the Northern Hemisphere to run this uh, process uh, which it shows that we want to be, you know, great and make history. Uh, we want to obviously maintain a competitive squad, uh, grow the uh, grow the community around the club, and obviously fill the IMG criteria to try and make us a, a category A club. So it will be, uh, you know, fantastic that the club have decided to do this. Yeah, it will be. It's, it's a shame in a way that we haven't got somebody who can, can pump the money in because I think every club sort of needs somebody there helping you and backing you up with money because that's what sport's about these days. But we've not got that at the moment, have we? So you, you've just got to plod on. And this is a great initiative. And, you know, it, you know, if you're a supporter and you've got shares in the club and, and you're helping the club out, I mean, it just feels even better than when you are winning, aren't you? So, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a great thing, a great initiative. And, you know, Salford, once again, as we have been so many times in the past, trendsetters. Mm. Let's talk about our ladies now. They were in Challenge Cup action uh, this weekend, uh, but went down to defeat against Featherstone Rovers. Eight points to 20. Uh, battling performance from Chris Bates. Ladies lost uh, both halfbacks um, during the game. Um, against a tough tackling Featherstone side. Drives from Sage Bannister and Vicky Kinney weren't enough, uh, but worked hard and, and battled hard. And I'm sure they'll, they'll take a lot from this performance. They did, yeah. And the beauty of it is, Rob, it's not, they're not out of the Challenge Cup, are they? Because it, the way it works, it's, it's a group game sort of thing. So they will get another chance, another bite of the cherry. And you know, it was a bruising game, wasn't it? We spoke to Louise Fellingham, the captain, and you know, she had to have stitches and had a bandage around the head. And she's really in the wars, as, as were a few of the other players. So it was a tough bruising encounter. And I think the second half, they were they were down to just 13. There was no, no substitutes left or anything. So they've done it really tough there on, on Sunday. So, um, so yeah, you, you get games like that, don't you? 
and you've got to just take those on the chin. Mm. Uh, Demi Jones spoke to 13 Pro AM Community Rugby League show co-host David Parkinson, and this is what she had to say. Okay, I'm delighted to be joined by Demi Jones. Demi, what a game that was. I mean, it was... Uh, have you ever known a game where like both starting halfbacks end up getting injured and you were trying to run it wasn't you <laughs> mate honestly I've just come back from injury so it was nice to get on but obviously not nice that I've had to come on for someone who's injured especially Sam and I think you know you've kind of got to you've got to know when, when when stuff falls apart like both halfbacks and, and and your captain going off that then I've got to then fill both halfback roles you know Taz done a good enough job in coming from nine into half but mate what a game I can't, I can't fault the girls at all especially playing against a team like that it was fantastic commitment, wasn't it, from, from like 1 to 17? Yeah, 100%, mate. Like, you know, we didn't expect that. We had absolutely no subs and we were all dying on the field. But listen, we all we all fight it for each other and I think that's what counts, really. And ultimately, you, you weren't far off other than the performance of the centre Billington. You, you was with them. Exactly, mate, exactly. You know, we went in at half time and said, you know, if we want this game, we go out and get it. And then we didn't expect, you know, half the players to be injured. But we come out and we, we, we played our hearts out. So we're all going to go in now with those smiles on our faces. So you've been you've been down at uh, you've been down at Salford since it started. Yes. You, you've seen the side progress. You had a fantastic season last year. Um, how are you enjoying the ride? Mate, you know what? It's a challenge. You know, I've I've not played rugby for that long. So coming from you know playing in championships straight to Super League, it's it's a battle, mate. It's a battle, but we're ready for it. And, and I think how we play today is the teams need to look at that and think. Hang on a minute, we're we're in, we're in for a battle this season. What is your background? Um, so. <laughs> from when I was little, uh, I used to play footy uh, up until I was around 18. And then my friend Liv was like, why don't we go and play for Witness Rugby? I thought, you know what, let's let, let's do it. Let's go and have a go. Went on to go rugby, sack rugby off, sack footy off and then played rugby for six years. And here you are now. And there I am now. <laughs> professional, I've got people come up to me saying how well I've played. So, listen, it's good. Uh, and I mean, like I've just spoke to Chris and he's described you as the pioneers. Because obviously... You know, you're getting new people interested, new girls interested in, in playing rugby league. How does that feel? I mean, it's probably a, a massive question, that. Mate, you know what? It's amazing, you know. Like, I, I have I have a team in my own, myself at Roosters, and, and they're all like, well, I want to be like you when I'm older. I want to be in that team. I'm like, well, that's what that's what it's for. Like, I love going out on that field and, and little kids looking up to us and thinking, you know what? I, I'm going to play that one day, and it's nice that there's, there's more people getting involved and, and we're getting the praise that we need. So that was Demi Jones talking to Dave Parkinson and obviously, you know, a bit gutted about the result, but they know there's plenty more to come. Yeah, of course there is. As I said, that's the beauty of the, the way the Challenge Cup works for the ladies. So they'll learn from that, you know. These sort of um, games, you do learn you learn so much from in defeat, don't you? And they're still finding defeat as well against, you know, tougher opposition. So, um, so it's still early days, but, you know, they're making so much progress. Yep, sad news reached us this week that a Salford legend, Mike Coolman, passed away. Paul, our thoughts are with his friendly, his friends and family at this time. But what a great player he was for us! I was an absolute stalwart for the club. Robin O'Shane in '68, playing there till '83, 463 appearances and well over 100 odd tries for the, for the club and coached the club as well. And yeah, I mean. If you think about Mike Coombe, he's probably like Bobby Moore is to, to West Ham United at football. You know, Mike Coombe was, was just a massive part of the club. You know, international as well, a dual code international in rugby union, rugby league. Not many players that can say that. So, uh, yeah, and, and anybody who absolutely met him, we met him on the podcast and, and spoke to him. And I think anyone you speak to who's met Mike over the years will tell you he's an absolute gentleman and, and, and a hero for the club. So, uh, lovely, lovely man. He'll be sadly missed. Yeah, 
obviously our thoughts are with his friendly his friends and family at this time Paul and like you said you know an absolute star at the club and you know played in that famous uh, side in the 70s as well yeah he did yeah the cornerstone of that side Rob he really was and you know there's so many people ex-players you can speak to that'll say such high high things about him you know international players like Jim Mills George Nichols, people like that who played at the time for, for for Great Britain and England they'll tell you what, what a great guy he was what a star what, what a tough man he was as well and you know man mountain of a man he was a giant of a man wasn't he and uh, yeah he, he you think of Salford and think of that team in the 70s, yeah, you'll think of Keith Field and Morris Richards and Paul Chow and Watkins, people like that, Colin Dixon. And Mike Coolman's always one of those names that'll get mentioned as well because he was part of that that that, that team. Yeah. Uh, no games this week uh, for either uh, Salford or Swinton are both our local sides because it's international weekend. England play France, both men and women. Obviously, we want to grow the game, uh, so it'll be a te- big test uh, to see how that game plays out. Yeah, it's at the Halliwell Jones, I think, that on Saturday, isn't it? So um, I think there'll be a big crowd there in Warrington for that, and people will get involved with it. I think it's on the television as well. Don't forget, we've got the Challenge Cup draw as well this week, where Salford come in with the 12 Super League teams and the four remaining teams from the Championship and League One. So that's going to be exciting to see who we draw in that, hopefully a home tie. So, uh, yeah, it's going to, despite Salford not playing this week or Swinton, there's still plenty of rugby league going on. I think, obviously, the Challenge Cup is a massive um, cup competition for everyone. Salford got to the final a couple of, weeks, a couple of years ago against uh, Leeds in 2020. Um, do you think they've got a big chance this year uh, to go one better? Yeah, because, well, the way it's structured now, Rob, yeah, you've got a big chance anyway because we're coming in at the last 16. So you get a decent draw in the last 16. You get a championship side and away from home or wherever and not saying no disrespect to them it's still be tough but you get a decent draw you're in the you win that and you're in the last eight you know you're in the quarter final so you've only got to win what one two three matches and to, to get to Wembley so it's not structured as difficult as it was years ago I mean you still it's still gonna be tough there's no doubt about that but you know, we get a decent draw and a bit of luck and you, you could be on your way Mm. And obviously, you know, there'll be some big teams there we have to avoid. Um, but who, who else do you think has a big chance of winning this uh, Challenge Cup this year? Oh, I think you, you've got to look at the, the usual suspects. You'll have Wigan Saints, Warrington will be favourites, won't they? And, you know, Huddersfield seem to get talked about as well. Uh, there's a couple of championship sides left in there as well. I think York are in there. I wouldn't mind going there. I don't think I've ever been to York watching Salford. I, I, we played them for donkey's years, so somewhere like that would be nice to go. I think Halifax is still in. Batley Bulldogs won on Sunday, so Batley's always a good away trip as well. So hopefully we'll we'll get one of the lower the lower teams. But I think whoever you get in the Challenge Cup will, will be tough. You know, if you get a, a championship side away from home, they'll make it as hard as they can for you. So a uh, bit exciting. I think the draw is always exciting when the big boys come in and uh, everybody loves the Challenge Cup. Mm. And obviously, you know, these lower division sides, it can be a, a big money pay uh, for them as well. You know, having to, when you get the big clubs come to town uh, at home, you know, f- a sellout for all your fans and their fans come together could be a good day for them. Yeah, yeah, we've had some good days, haven't we? When we've been to lots of Halifax and, and Batley over the years. I mean, remember going there just before the million pound game and everyone went in fancy dress, and that was a great day out. So, so yeah, whoever you get is going to be good. Obviously, you'd like to get a home draw, wouldn't you? I mean, you know, um, everybody would like to, to get a home game, you know, be home advantage, uh, something like that. So, but, you know, knowing our look, we'll probably get Leeds or St. Helens or somebody <laughs> like that away from home, won't we? So, uh, or Lee, we always seem to get Lee. We've got Lee in the cup on a number of occasions, haven't we, over the last few years? So, I think. 
think whoever we get, it'll be tremendous. It'll be exciting, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I love watching the cup draw. It's a, uh, you know, it's, it's a nerve wracking thing, isn't it? Sat behind a couch hiding when your number comes out, but no, I yeah. can't wait for it. Yeah, obviously, looking at the the news um, that Swinton Lions have managed to organise a development program for young Swinton fans on the 26th of April between six and eight, Withenshaw Sports Ground. Um, it's exciting, obviously, Swinton Lions are a club in transition, and uh, if they can get into the youth and manage to get them to follow them, it'll be great for them. Yeah, certainly they're another club that do an awful lot in the community, Rob, aren't they? Just like Solver, and uh, yeah, they're trying to, to, to get things moving, aren't they? And like you said, we're transitioning, having a tough season, aren't they, in the championship, but they've caught with some good wins so far, and uh, yeah, they're getting people involved, and that's always nice to see. Yeah, obviously they've not played for the last couple of weeks. They got beat against Sheffield uh, this week, obviously with it last week with a minute to go. Paul, obviously they'll put it up to bounce back there. Yeah, that's right. They, they will. They had a tough game at Sheffield, didn't they? And uh, you know, there were no disgrace in that game. Sheffield are going really, really well in the championships. So Swinton gave it their all there and gave a really good account of themselves. So uh, I'm sure they'll be looking to bounce back soon. They've got the capabilities to do so as well. Mm. And obviously, we'll be hoping that both them and Salford, uh, you know, with 30 seconds to go, put a good run up uh, the leagues and, and compete. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure there's, there's plenty of rugby league in both sides, you know, to the end of the season. Salford are excited at the moment. Swinton looking to bounce back. So uh, I'm sure there's a good summer ahead for the two sides and they're going to do well. Yeah, and we'll be covering it on the Sports Zone on Salford City Radio. Big thanks for joining us on the Sports Zone. It's been tremendous. We've talked football, we've talked rugby, we've talked boxing every week on the Sports Zone, bringing, ta- bringing talent and discussion to your ears. Big thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week for more Salford Sporting Chat.